0: That like, all these bros calling each other up like, oh man, did you see the winner? I saw him too? Like, <laughs> in Winter Soldier was at my gym, bro. Like, <laughs> everyone's gonna come
1: here.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the the Warning Podcast. This is review number 411 with a
1: review of Captain America Civil War. I'm Christopher Schnasey. I'm Tony Stank. And I'm Wanda Maxim Stephen Miller-Roth. Got it. We, we got it. <laughs> Dude, come on. Don't need another take on that one.
0: <laughs> no, no. One take only.
2: And if you're joining us for the first time, the For the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, it is finally here. Civil Bro, as Carson's been yelling it for the last several weeks, it's here. We're going to have Sweet, a big, call old, it, bro. big old battle we're about to have. And uh, some of us may sign some peace accords, and some of us might just rain down hate from. An airport in the middle of nowhere. Um, but uh, how are you guys doing this evening?
0: Well, I mean that's what happens when you just de- destroy uh, Krakozia. Haha. No <laughs> one. Did, he, did I get it? Nailed it. You know, Tom Hanks was really upset that uh, his Nike shoes got destroyed uh, when they, you know, when that building fell on the on them.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. Other Be- than other than that, I'm doing great. So I, I think capitalism has like gotten to me, because I know in in scenes like that I'm supposed to be like, oh well, look, humans aren't getting killed this time. This is better, blah blah blah. But I kept thinking like, so many expensive buildings and airplanes. Oh no, so <laughs> much about, money is being destroyed. Are you talking about in the airport? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For for, for <laughs> me, I felt way worse than citizens, <laughs> <laughs> like
0: third world countries <laughs> for, being for annihilated.
2: Me. For me, I wasn't caring about uh, people. I wasn't caring about buildings. I was mostly wondering what Spider-Man was slinging his web from, since in the airport, everything's on the ground and there's not a lot of buildings above him to sl- sling from. So mm-hmm. that was mostly what I was thinking in that scene. He
0: was, he was slinging from that karaoke machine that stops mid-song. <laughs> gotcha. <you. laughs> yeah, yeah, it was that one. Good times.
2: Why don't you just say Captain America's shield wasn't the only thing that not, not obeying the laws of physics? <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, you know that's that's what happens it's just it's just the web dude it's it's the goo I don't know it's <laughs> got something in the the goo, you know I'm no comic expert, but I think that's what it is
2: <laughs> all right, well anyways, uh are we ready to get into this big battle we're about to have
1: guys come at me, bro, yeah. <laughs>
2: All right, we are going to form up and create teams and try to uh, have a peaceful conversation with each other, uh, while you listen to the trailer for Civil War. And we're going to come out, come back, and have an all-out beatdown.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, we are.
1: This job, we try to save as many people as we can. Sometimes that doesn't mean everybody, but you don't give up.
0: New York Washington, D.C.
1: Sokovia Okay, that's enough Captain, people are afraid That's why I'm here We need to be put in check Whatever form that takes, I'm game. I'm sorry, Tony. If I see a situation pointed south, I can't ignore it. Sometimes I wish I could. Sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. I know we're not perfect. But the safest hands are still our own. fight, Tony. You just started a war. Stay down. Final warning. I could do this all day.
2: All
0: right. I've run out of patience.
1: Underoos! Hey, everyone.
2: All right. So that was the trailer for Captain America Civil War. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why. Why does that title sound incorrect to me? Is that that's the correct because
1: title? Because it, it isn't the Captain America movie. <laughs> it's called Civil Bro. That's why. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs>
2: the actual title is Captain America Civil War, right?
1: Is yes. there a three in there or do they not say the number? There's no three. Yeah, there's no mm-hmm. three. Um but Thrival war. I don't not know. Yeah. But you uh
2: <laughs> it, it, it for some reason every time I say it, it sounds like that's not the correct title. Um but I guess it is. So anyways, Captain America Civil War, basically as uh you know, the Avengers have been trouncing around the world, destroying shit. Uh, you know, different government powers from around the world have decided that, you know, it's not very nice to have a bunch of these people Operating without oversight and not having uh, anybody to answer when something goes wrong during one of their missions. Basically, Avengers are Team America World Police. And, yeah. uh, you know, a section of our, our heroes decides that maybe we should, you know, work with these uh, governments and uh, sign these peace accords that will basically make us... Be accountable for our actions, and the other half of the group is like, "Nah, that's not going to work. We need to be able to go off and do whatever we want." And uh, that leads to some not happy relationships, and uh, some of our heroes decide to fight each other. So, Carson, what exactly is it about this movie that you did not like?
0: Uh, well, I feel like I have to to reiterate my stance on the Marvel movies because I, I don't know. I feel like I'm always having to to say that I'm not as I'm not this like big anti-Marvel, like, hater over here. Like, I, I I really only liked, or disliked uh, two other Marvel movies, which are Winter Soldier and Avengers 1. So, uh, and, like, Avengers 2 and Ant-Man were just kind of alright. But uh, the rest, I mean, I've enjoyed all of them. So, I'm just saying, I'm making my stance clear once again. Because I feel like it kind of gets lost in the, uh, in the noise, because all people hear is, you didn't like Winter Soldier, well, you're dead to me, bro. <laughs> so, anyway.
1: Um, so you like some Marvel stuff, but not all?
0: I I like pretty much all of it, except for those four movies. Uh, so so you,
1: you don't like the ones that heavily push the Marvel Cinematic Universe aspect of it?
0: Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Because, I mean, those really are all about, you know, kind of shaping the universe and... Setting up stuff for the future movies. Mm-hmm. So,
2: so, really, what it comes down to is you don't like any of the Marvel films that start with the Marvel logo and have a cameo by Stanley.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take would, your word for that. That would, be, that. Be, that would just, be like every Marvel <laughs> that movie. Was, that
2: was the joke. That was the joke.
0: Sorry. Okay. Yeah. But no, I just want to say that uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm fine with Marvel. It's just that some of these movies are a little, a little whack.
2: I think our listeners accept your apology.
0: Okay. Anyway, um, let me start here. Bro vs. Bro, Dawn (laughs) of Concrete. Captain America Civil Bro, (laughs) which admittedly isn't even a pun or any kind of unique play on words, just simply an accurate retitling, is a big, boring movie that features many of Marvel's mightiest heroes having a big, boring brawl in a big, boring German airport, because nothing screams visual panache like a wide-open tarmac. I'm getting ahead of myself, but really, where to begin? Where do I begin on such a movie? Of the 28 rotten reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, there's one that really sticks out. Deborah Ross of The Spectator has a blurb that reads, Look, I don't begrudge those who love the Avengers as they so passionately do. I'm just genuinely perplexed. Debbie and I we're on the same wavelength here. While everyone else hails this this as the best superhero movie of all time, I'm left sitting here truly scratching my head. This isn't some contrarian thing, this is this is much deeper. Although none of this will matter since anybody listening who loved the shit out of this will have already tuned me out and doused me with a tub full of Haterade. So let's fing rewind this shit back to 2012 with the release of Avengers 1. Joss Whedon brought our favorite heroes together at an unprecedented cinematic event, but really, he's the blame for this new and disturbing trend amongst blockbuster movies, which I'm dubbing Normcore, or maybe Blandcore, (laughs) Depending on my frame of mind, I don't know. Normcore seems to indicate normalcy, but this trend is far from normal. It's frighteningly basic, devoid of vision, and so non-controversial that even the pop song used to introduce Spider-Man is a new hit track by Alt J, who, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all of the Marvel solo movies All the Marvel solo movies feel like real movies, with a vision put forth by their filmmakers. The Russo brothers, just like Joss Whedon, worked primar- primarily sorry, in television before making their shift to big-budget filmmaking, and it shows that any Marvel does a team-up movie, it truly feels episodic. Marvel has gotten a lot of flack for this, but Winter Soldier and now this movie are the worst offenders. The look of this movie is even more like a network procedural than the last. And when did Captain America become so bro and operate in such a gritty, real-world setting— There's a time and a place for that, if done right. But Marvel has built an empire on fun, goofy movies that don't take themselves so seriously. Civil Bro and Winter Soldier stick out like a sore thumb. And how ass is the shaky cam in this movie? (laughs) I couldn't... (laughs) I couldn't roll my eyes hard enough during the opening action sequence and every action sequence that followed. Add in an uninteresting plot a dull villain, an even duller score, and cement visuals, and what is there to latch onto? Nothing. And when I say cement visuals, I mean that literally. Every set piece takes place in a room that's concrete, or an outside area that's super gray. Even the non-superhero characters like Martin Freeman, William Hurt, and Emily Van Camp are dressed in gray. The visual inspiration seem to be parking garages and Pacific Northwest weather. However... Sorry, however, uh, <laughs> however, there are some positives, albeit minor. Anytime lovable rogues such as Jeremy Renner and Paul Rudd showed up, the movie picked up some. But they were quickly stifled by the dreaded gray. Tom Holland, Tom Holland as a new Spider-Man is pretty awesome. And you know why he's awesome and everybody thinks he's awesome? Because he's the only shade of color in the movie that's not f***ing gray. <laughs> but seriously... He's great, but I will say, I will say, I hope in the opening scene of Spider-Man Homecoming, him and Aunt May are seen moving into a new apartment, because their apartment in this movie looks so slapdash and sitcom that it's laughable. And, or lastly, I think my favorite part of the entire movie was seeing Robert Downey Jr. reunited with his Heart and Souls co-star, Alfred Woodard, who cameos in the beginning as a grieving mother. If there's one thing to come out of Civil Bro, it's to watch Heart and Souls, which is an awesome movie that has that old school Amblin entertainment magic that's missing in today's movie landscape. This latest Captain America could have used some of that magic. Seacrest
1: out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was while I was while I was reading, I did think of something else that that I thought was humorous, which was um I'm pretty sure Elizabeth Olsen like just completely dropped her accent from Avengers 2 because in the beginning like I didn't notice it at all and then the next scene she's with uh, the Vision and they're like trying to make some food and like all of a sudden her Russian accent comes back and I'm just like
1: oh
0: "Oh, shit like yeah I think she went
1: to the the Kate Winslet school (laughs) of vocal (laughs) training.
0: Like, I don't, like, what was, like, was that an actor choice? Like, was is she, is her character trying to assimilate? Like, I don't understand. Like, she's just, like, slowly going to, like, work it off until, you know, in the next Avengers movie, she'll just be like, her regular voice. So, she's like, I don't want to do this accent anymore.
2: <laughs> it's something about the food that that brings it out in her.
0: I, yeah. I guess. But, I mean, in Avengers 2, it was, like, super thick, hardcore a Russian accent. And in this, it was, like, it just came and went, so... All
1: right, well,
2: uh, Steven, did you like this film more than Carson did?
1: i I liked it more than Carson, but I have to say he didn't he didn't trash it at all to the degree that I thought he was going to. I mean, maybe it's just because there wasn't enough that was interesting to trash, right? like like calling it bland is already pretty pretty rough. Um, yeah so so here's what I don't understand, and I felt this with Age of Ultron too. Um and I kind of felt this with Captain America Winter Soldier also. Um I I really I liked watching this movie. I had fun with it. I was consistently like if not impressed. I there were at least plenty of times in the theater where I'd think like, "Oh yeah, they did that really well. They brought those, you know, characters together well. They did a good job with this guy." Like I like what they did with Spider-Man. Um I thought the Black Panther character was pretty cool, albeit like a little bit minor. I think the the thing about marvel is i i don't even know what i want from them anymore like carson has plenty of specific criticisms like you know it being it being too gray or it having a dull villain and the uninteresting plot uh, i don't really have many specific things to criticize like on most like scorecards that i would care about for a movie like this it did a it did a pretty good job i thought like the characters were fun to watch. I thought the rapport was spot on. I love, I love how big a role Robert Downey Jr. played in this because I think he's just a great lead character for these movies and way yeah. more interesting than you know uh, Captain America is. So I'm glad that Captain America doesn't get to star in his own movies anymore. Um, I thought the story moved remarkably quickly considering it was like a two and a half hour movie. Uh, the set pieces i were were well done they were quick the action was actually comprehensible like i could understand what was happening and the the scale wasn't always just giant buildings collapsing it was more like one-on-one combat and obvious fist fights and clear situations where one character has the upper hand and then the other one does so i i liked this on like most superhero metrics but for some reason like it isn't fun for me to like these movies that much anymore. <laughs> like, the whole genre is just starting to wear on me. I I watched this and, like Winter Soldier, despite quite liking it in theaters, the moment I walked out, no part of me thought I am going to watch this movie again, ever. <laughs> it was like, well, yeah, okay, they did a good job. Nice job, Russo Brothers. Um, you You made a good Marvel movie. You did, like, I think it's basically a better version of age of Ultron. Like you did something that brought so many characters together and you serviced the fans and you gave all the superheroes a good amount of time to breathe. I, uh, you put in a story that I thought was pretty interesting. I actually liked the pathos in the movie. I liked Tony Stark's arc. I liked, you know, the, the little bit of gritty realism that they brought in, like the, the UN scene. I, I actually thought that was pretty powerful. Um, and even though some of the characters, like the Scarlet Witch, you just cannot convince me to take seriously, I overall, like I did like the dynamic of it. It's just, I don't know, it isn't it isn't a movie that's fun to like anymore. I feel like they know this formula, like the Russo brothers and Joss Whedon, they have this rubric just down to a science of like, how can we cram all these characters in and make the quote, perfect superhero movie in some mold of perfect superhero movie and the marvel movies that really hit me are the ones that forego that completely like guardians of the galaxy or even though i didn't love deadpool that definitely left a mental footprint that this didn't Uh, i actually dug ant-man quite a bit for that reason and i think like the iron man movies even though they can be a little perfunctory they definitely have a clear style and like one very singular character at the helm and something about this even though i thought it was like really well done and i don't have much criticism it's just not it doesn't do that much for me (laughs) so i i don't know i i liked it fine but i don't like liking it (laughs) which i think (laughs) is a problem when you're a giant movie franchise
2: Yes, yeah, so I uh, apparently like this the most out of all of us. Um, I I think in, in general, there is something about most of the Marvel films that I enjoy. And I think the ones that kind of impress me the most are the ones that take... Uh, I, first of all, the ones that are like just really good. <laughs> but besides that, they're, they're ones that take characters that I'm uninterested in. And uh, the film makes me interested in it in a in a surprise way um like the the, the thor movies for instance like surprise me in that like i actually have a lot of fun with those ones because they're silly and ridiculous captain america is like a hero that like i never really got interested in and when the first movie came out i wasn't uh, the most impressed by it um, just because the character is kind of lame um i i got excited going into the winter soldier because i like the idea of the politics of what the film was going to try to do. And I think that my disappointment in the film was mostly because of the way that was handled and how it didn't kind of execute it as as nice as I expected and kind of hoped for. Um, this film has all the things that make the other Marvel films fun, but what I really love about it is that this is the first one that really, I feel, has like decent emotional stakes. And I think that... I mean, the other films sort of, like, Tony Stark seems to be, like, the emotional stakes version in all the other previous films. Like, he's always the one who seems to carry the most burden and, like, worries the most about things. And his conscience is always the one that's kind of the most ringed and messed up in each of the films that his character is, like, a major part of. Um, But in this film, like, going into it, I was excited, but I was worried exactly how the rivalry between the two sides was formed. Um, like I understand that you know the two different groups in this movie were going to be kind of disagreeing on whether or not they should have oversight, but I still was was trying to wonder where the leap would come that would actually drive these these groups of people to fight against each other in a in a in a meaningful manner in a way that would seem plausible to me. And I think this film actually does it in a in, a, in an amazing way. Um, I I was not like. You're kind of watching these films wanting this to be Avengers 3 or Avengers 2.5 or something. And it's kind of weird that it is like a Captain America movie that has this. And it kind of in my head i was kind of thinking they were just shoehorning this thing into the next captain america film but like they actually found a way to completely 100% ground it in being a very captain america story like like his actions and 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 what he's doing are 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 the thing that causes the conflict but to me it, it actually felt like it worked out well like like i totally bought these characters like standing up against each other and 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 getting in this disagreement like i didn't i didn't buy it completely going in like i wondered how how they would pull it off and I, and i I completely a hundred percent understood why characters would fight each other in this film and then where it goes towards the end of the film, where it starts to up the ante a little bit with 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 how those characters are fighting like there are, there are genuine moments where like I reacted emotionally to the like what characters were doing to each other, and like I, this is something we can talk about in like a spoiler section towards the end or whatever, but i just I think this film executed on what it was trying to do in a way that didn't just feel to me like this was a mashup of like oh let's find an excuse to throw these characters together it was It was like a real conflict that I totally bought into and was excited for I think for me, the only my only like little nitpicks about the film come from the standpoint of of once once again we're dealing with really overpowered people and then underpowered people fighting in one battle and it's like while it's really fun to see like captain america fight the you know fight iron man and you know the winter soldier fight you know black panther like that is cool to see seemingly paired off people fight each other in a way where they both have to use their specific skills but what's silly is like we'll just have any of them switch to one of the shitty heroes (laughs) like take them out and then go like there there's there's not really a need to pair them up evenly when the real strategic thing would be to split up the pairing in a way that would that would help your side better
1: yeah but i mean that that's like a fundamental problem with the avengers is the the law of like you know the power law applies where like one or two of them are better than a hundred other ones <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 no and
2: and well well it's really fun to see you know like Hawkeye fight Black Widow um, like that is fun and interesting especially because those two characters seem to understand the most that they're just fighting for the sake of proving a point like mm-hmm. like there, there's great moments during their battle where where they're they're sort of like they're the least uh, they're they're the least angry while they're fighting um and and it's really fun but i i think that in general it is weird seeing the power dynamics of of how they're trying to work these 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 different heroes together
0: so uh how how big was the check from disney for (laughs) disliking like did did you see that there was this there was an article like i guess some wacky conspiracy theorists think that there's like this big Disney conspiracy that they like pay off all the internet critics to hate on all the non-Marvel uh, movies. If, if they're close to being released, uh, you know, to a Marvel movies. Cause so like obviously Batman versus Superman and then like the new X-Men reviews came out yesterday and they're all pretty terrible. So I know someone was doing like a change.org petition to be like, we need to expose this truth.
2: (laughs) It's so, uh, so so dumb.
0: But yeah, it'd be kind of funny though, because that's all they would need to do. They would need to just have like, you know, all the like major internet people hate it or like it. And then it just all trickles down because people will follow suit.
2: But the thing (laughs) is like, I feel like the internet people are the exact type of people who would like, want to get this, uh, this can like they would be the ones who are the smoking gun, right? Like they'd be the ones who are like the whistleblowers for, for like, like what is going down.
0: Oh so- no! I mean, it, it, I mean, it's total bullshit. Like, I think it's just funny though that like the in the like statement on the on the article, it was just like Captain America: Civil War was not good, and we cannot stand for this. I was <laughs> like, all right, all right, Snowden off, like <laughs> pipe down. Like, oh, the NSA is tracking us. I'm trying to do my Snowden voice. Uh, <laughs> They're all coming for you. I can't, I can't go deep enough, you
2: know. Is, oh, uh, dude, like that, that trailer with Justin Gordon-Levitt doing that voice.
0: I, like, I really can't go deep enough. That's uh, what she said.
1: I, I mean, I think it is, it, it's kind of surprising that the internet and critical communities are, like, pretty agreed on this because regular audiences, it doesn't surprise me. Like, you called this normcore, and I think the whole point is it, like, maximally appeals to many people.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, because it's a, it's a yeah. totally,
1: completely serviceable movie with lots of, like, action that people can get behind and tons of characters that they love. But I, I'm surprised that the critical community, which disagrees so vehemently on stuff, is like yeah. 90 plus percent in lockstep on these Captain America movies.
0: I mean, because uh, like, if I feel like, you know, I mean, hey, like, I don't I don't, you know, blame Marvel. I mean, they've got a winning formula here, but it seems like, you know, especially in, like I said, the the team up movies, they're they're presenting it in such a like you know, the most like basic fashion. And and I guess, you know, if you think about it, they're giving the hardcore fan base exactly what they want to see, which is just you know they're seeing their heroes realized and fighting or what have you, um, but like there's nothing interesting about that. Like I, I mean to look at you know or, or to watch. Like I, it's funny that like and people have brought it up. A bunch of people have brought it up in reviews, but like and, and honestly I didn't even really think of of comparing them because I was mostly just like you know when is this gonna end. But um, there are a lot of similarities between this and Batman versus Superman, like in the same way that you guys, you know, took down Spectre for being very similar to Rogue Nation. I feel like there are a lot of like big story points that those two movies have. Um, But where, you know, where in this movie, I mean, the plot is whatever. I mean, it's there. So the characters I mean, I don't. I thought the plot was completely uninteresting, but that's the least of the movie's problems, you know? Like, I, I you know, Chris was saying how the, the strife comes naturally, but to me, it doesn't even feel natural. It just feels like, well, we need to have them strife because that's where we need to get to, you know, this Avengers two-parter blowout that's coming two years from now, you know? Like, it, it didn't feel organic, but... The you know at least with the stuff in Batman versus Superman, yeah, I'll give you the fact that the plot is not solid, but who fucking cares? Like Zack Snyder was just using that as a structure to make you know a ridiculous fucking horror movie with superheroes in it that are all acting like psychopaths. Like to me, taking the 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 bolder route seemingly would be like the more not crowd pleasing, but I guess like fan-pleasing movie? Like I, I don't know, because like comics are just comics and graphic novels are such a visual medium and there's a lot of like really great artwork and you know visuals expressed in that form. And I feel like Zack Snyder's style is that completely visualized in a movie form. Um and not this like very like TV bland style um which is in these Captain America sequels. Uh, but yet, the fans completely reject something like Batman vs Superman because, like, I guess it—you know—it fits with the mythology, so it's—it's it's not giving them what they want. But but, um, it,
2: but it's also the, the, there's. These sim- like there are a ton of similarities. Like it, it's it, as you pointed out, it's it's the same level of similarities to the Mission Impossible Spectre thing. But like where it differs is what I think makes the the you know the Marvel version of the same story better. I mean, in Batman v Superman, you have you have basically a character who's so broken he decides to murder another superhero. And in this film, it's not about these characters suddenly hating each other. It's about like this one character who believes he has to do something and another character believing that he he has to at all costs prevent him from doing that because something else is more important and it's they come to a to, to a standoff where it's not like i hate you i want you to die you should be murdered it's look i can't let you leave and he's like i'm leaving and he's like you know i'm not going to let you and he's like try and stop me like it it, it <laughs> is it is a battle that escalates over a single uh standpoint of like no this is right this is wrong as opposed to like superman he needs to die because he's he's a god and i need to kill god like that is batman's arc in the other film and, and i feel that that came off as really silly and it also that film starts at one place and ends at a ridiculous like turn of events. And I think this film handles that arc and has lasting impact for the the psyche of all the characters that were involved in this battle. Like at the end of this film, the, the where like what characters think about other characters matters. It's not just like a ridiculous sudden reversal and like everything is super awesome. Um so
1: So I can't totally weigh in because I never saw Batman v Superman <laughs> Um, but I, I do feel like Carson is kind of kind of hitting here on a few different aesthetics that maybe it's comic fans or just fanboys in general like like sometimes they like the really audacious, visually thrilling thing. Like I I would say the the Nolan the first two Nolan Batman movies are kind of like that, or like the Killing Joke or something where it's just like very you know very stylized, very very dark, very singular. And then there's kind of the serialized popcorn flick type of thing, you know, the comics that have been coming out for decades and decades that people keep reading. And it isn't like every single comic is some mind blowing statement on their own. But there's something fun and familiar about seeing these characters over and over and over again, and watching a story built. And I think like, these big Marvel group movies must be tapping into some of that joy, like the fun of seeing the characters interact well and be used in a way that like respects their mythology and builds towards something. But it it also just makes it not, no one movie in this genre has left that big a mental footprint on me, like <laughs> like, because it feels like they're not trying to, they're trying to build this tower of Marvel movies. So eventually when, the Avengers sevenfold comes out or whatever, then I'm going to feel like I've seen an entire universe. But I, I don't know. It, it's like pulpy serial fiction versus an artistic statement. Well, I mean, I that's... Feel like, yeah, they're just not trying to do the latter right now.
0: I mean, I, I would say that, you know, people love, obviously, uh, you know, they the majority of people love the Nolan Batmans but like those movies weren't stylized either I mean they were very they were very they weren't they were they were cinematic they're obviously way more cinematic than uh, than, than the Marvel movies uh, you know these ones in in particular but like there wasn't a there it was a very like grounded real world approach it wasn't the over the top like pulpy like you said the Zack Snyder approach which is I mean that's how all of his movies are and I think that that style is not of this period in movies like 2016 movies big big movies are civil bro like Batman vs <laughs> Superman is from a different time like people have rejected that style of movies like they don't like seemingly don't want that anymore it's sort of like you know, the Eddie the Eagle type of thing. It's like, people don't <laughs> want to see a heartfelt 90s uh, feel-good movie. They want to see the fucking dark, gritty, you know, boring movie. The, the f***ing Normcore movie. And, like, that's what Civil Bro is indicative indicative of. Like, it's, like, it's already dated. Like, it already feels old, because it it's so of now. And I feel like you know 10 to 20 years from now history will be on or history will show us differently because i mean i don't see you know obviously i don't see what everyone else is seeing but i don't i really don't see the rewatch value in this movie and in and in winter soldier too like what is there to latch on to like i said like i mean i feel like the things you remember aren't the plot. Like, you remember, like, images and, you know, the the pieces of the score or, like, uh, lines and and moments. Like, you don't remember, like, you know, what was going on. Like, to me, Batman versus Superman has all that stuff. Like, it has so many memorable things. Um, And Civil Bro, you know, I saw it on Sunday. Like, I've already forgotten about it. Like, I just, it's gone. Like, it's just, it's not something that's substantial to me.
1: But anyway i don't know <laughs> so one one thing i can't really rectify though is like you also have a lot of fun with movies like fast and the furious and yeah. i would say if anything these kind of marvel group movies are getting more toward whatever that clump of movies that fast and furious and mission impossible are becoming where it's like there's five to seven big set pieces that are going to be in different countries and different places and a cast of characters that are going to come there and duke it out for a while. And the plot is going to progress, but the plot isn't going to be what you care about. And I, it, it's weird that when the stakes are bigger, like superheroes, then it somehow feels less thrilling than when it's just regular people in a more a goofy setting, but not a like fantastical setting. I, I can't put my finger on why Fast and the Furious is so much more fun than this movie. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, like, I mean, really Furious 7 is the only one that I thought was, you know, completely nailed what they should have been going for the whole time. And, like, what I feel like, you know, most movies of that nature should be going for. Like, I I mean, it's so completely goofy and ridiculous. Uh, I feel like that is exactly how Batman vs Superman was. Like, everyone said it was so dark and grim, but, like, it's, I mean, I I guess they meant literally because, uh, to me, it was super goofy Um, like I don't like watching these superhero movies where, you know, it's, it's trying to take place in the real world and there's like real world uh, events and repercussions and all this stuff. It's like, it's like, come on, there's superheroes. Like it's, it shouldn't be operating in the real world. Like I said, there's a, there's a place for that. And I think Nolan did it, did it, you know, wonderfully with the, the Batman movies, but I feel like, you know, that kind of style has has been done and you know like i've said many times before like marvel started their whole universe with iron man and like they kind of established and have over the years that you know their movies are fun and they they don't really operate in the real world and like they have this you know this sense of of there isn't that you know really dark gritty nature to it so that's why uh Civil, Bro, and Winter Soldier—they just feel like they feel like they don't even belong. They feel like they're so like far removed. It's, it's just really weird to me. But anyway,
2: I don't, know I, don't I, know. I I kind of feel, I guess, a little bit the opposite way. But I don't know. I I I feel like in general the Marvel films were very much sillier and and, and they, they were there to kind of have fun in a way where they were sort of rejecting what, what was happening with, with the DC side of things but I feel that like your complaint that they're starting to set them more real and more in the real world I feel like you kind of have to do that because like when you're doing everything independently it's kind of like every hero exists in their own universe where they're the one superhero but like once you merge them together you have to put them all in one world and you might as well set that in our world and this film definitely feels, at least stakes-wise, the most like gritty of, of all the films, but I I feel like th- there's a point where it gets ridiculous, where you just keep having a bigger and bigger big bad uh, that, that appears in every single movie, like, oh my god, we could never defeat anything as crazy as this, and then you defeat it, and then the next movie, it's like, oh my god, there'd never be anything <laughs> as crazy as this thing, and you keep defeating it, and I think that it's because this wasn't a straight-up, like, one side is evil, one side is good, this was people getting in a fight that just got out of hand. Like these aren't characters who, they didn't come together because one was clearly evil and one was clearly good. They came together because they were like, look, let's all go back to this room and have a conversation. And one group was like, no, I have to go over here to this room. And they were like, I can't let you do that. Like it, to me, it just feels, it feels like it's a, it's a film that as jam packed as it is, it, it actually takes its time a lot because it 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 is a very localized event that has ramifications for the group as a whole, and this isn't this isn't just like the organization of Shield is being hit, and the Avengers will be fine because they're the Avengers. This is a core disagreement that fundamentally changes like the framework of how these individuals will interact together in the future,
1: and for that, I I, I love it. I, I guess one thing I'm surprised by is both of you guys are mentioning this being like the grittier less fun more grounded of these movies but i at least in that like penultimate airport scene i did not feel gritty at all i felt goofy comic booky like they're fighting and they're kind of making quips back and forth like spider-man when he's going after uh, captain america that is like a it's like a goofy battle it's like they're just playing almost like they want to get away but you never feel that there's some stakes or like they they desperately need to win this fight. You feel more of the kind of fun popcorny vibe that I assume is common in in comic books where like it isn't always dark and serious. But, but I, I, I think the very like the end of this movie yeah gets into some gritty places and some of the the pathos that inform the main characters are a little dark, but most of the movie I I really didn't feel a a grittiness at all i felt a lot of the levity it just was like not particularly interesting like it it wasn't that fun to me but it definitely felt light
2: well i i I think this is the the distinction is that the teams that form to go to the standoff there is a descending scale of um, of emotions for those characters you have you know, some, some characters are like, like you know, you have the two leads of each group who are the ones who have the most at stake and they're the ones that are kind of pushing everything to, for the confrontation to happen. But the other characters, some of them are literally like, like Ant-Man and Spider-Man are two characters who have not had enough time to be part of these type of groups yet. So they are they are joining in that very immature fashion. Like their response is they don't understand why they're there. Somebody showed up and said like Hey, come with us down here, and we need to stop these guys." And they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm being included." It's like you know, this is this is you know Rudy being put in at the end of the game, right? <laughs> this, this, mm-hmm. this, this is their their moment to shine and their their time to have fun. Like they don't get the ramifications. And the battle itself starts light, but as it progresses and people start to take punches. Um, you know both literal and metaphorical like it it it, it turns it, it's like when when you're young I mean <laughs> you have a brother I'm sure when you guys were, 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 were you both got brothers right uh, but uh, I just mean like when, when you guys were younger I'm sure you started play fighting and it eventually turned into like somebody lands a good hit or like an elbow or something and then you're suddenly having a real fight and that's what this is this is people who are sort of like just just stepping to each other and it gets out of hand, and then it gets really out of hand. And while not all the characters share the same feelings of how out of hand it's getting, there are enough characters that do feel that way that it feels like... Um, it, it, it feels that intense to me as a watch. Like I was wrapped up in, in what the characters were going for. And while I'm still laughing in between what's happening, I do care and... Um, especially later on, there are definite moments where, uh, like, it's still burned into my brain, like, characters' reactions to what is happening, so.
0: I mean, it's classic bro-down, for sure. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree that that sequence is the lightest sequence in the movie. I just think the overall tone of the movie is that sort of real-world, like, it's greedy, bro, like, that kind of, like tone um, and I mean that sequence is the lighter and and most fun of the movie because it, it includes the lighter and most fun characters like Spider-Man and ant man and Ant-Man and, uh, and Hawkeye and like they bring levity to the movie like like I mentioned but you know then they're 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 taken away. I feel like, you know, after that fight is over, it's back to being, you know, super serious. And, and even in that fight, I mean, like, the, you know, the, this movie does not benefit, like I said, it doesn't benefit from anything. It doesn't benefit from um, the Russo brothers being like visual stylists. Like, it doesn't benefit from a visual sense. It doesn't benefit from like a writing sense because like there's, there's not like a Shane Black or a James Gunn behind it to like really, You know, make it an interesting screenplay with lots of great dialogue. Like that's there's it doesn't have those elements of, you know, of Batman versus Superman or Guardians of the Galaxy, these other Marvel movies where the the filmmakers' visions come through really clearly. Um, And I think that's what ultimately you know makes that sequence or a sequence like that not fun to me because it's just like. I'm not the overall tone of the movie has already just been so grim, or not you know has already just been so boring that I'm just like i just I just no, just no more, like, I just <laughs> give up I was just like i'm not I can't get into it, you know,
2: so you're saying you're gonna sign the accords
0: <laughs> I'm gonna sign the accords to to have no more of this bland this bland core stuff, man like i I'm just not a fan. But like I said, I mean, I don't begrudge the people who who enjoy it. I mean, obviously a, a lot of people do, but uh, I just I just don't get it. I don't know. It's like it's like everyone liking the Jungle Book. I mean, uh, you know, we all didn't we all pr- really much you know gave it a thumbs down. But like you know, it's got a ninety something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and everyone's like, "This looks great!" And it's like that is not. You know, to me, that is not a movie that looks great. Like, that's not, you know, that's not a good movie. But again, that's like the, it's like the 2016, like, new wave blockbuster filmmaking. Like, that's how they are. And it's just, that's what people have come to accept as what it is. And I guess that's, you know, give the people what they want. But it's like, to me, I'm just like, uh, I don't get it. I really don't get it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, does anybody have any other comments about the film?
0: Uh, I mean, I have some things, but I don't know if you you said you were going to do a spoiler th- segment. But uh, I yeah, mean,
2: I, I just have a, like a few short little things that I'd like to mention in a spoiler segment. So I yeah, mean, I, it, I do too. Okay, then. Um, Yeah, we can just get get on to our verdict and close out the regular portion of the show and then come back and give everybody spoilers if that works for you guys. Yep. All right. All right, so let's uh, officially do verdicts. Then, Carson, if you're going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
0: Uh, I'm going to give it a must-avoid. There's no other rating. I'm on Team Zach. (laughs) Which Zach? Snyder Uh, Snyder Snyder Efron Braff I'm on all their teams
2: (laughs) oh well (laughs) good time Stephen what would you give it
1: I I, I'm like begrudgingly weighting it higher I don't even know all of this Uh, conversation peer
0: peer pressure
1: I'm I'm giving it a rental like I was gonna go in giving it a caveat because that's probably the realistic one because i think all of these big marvel movies have something fun to offer but it it's really just getting diminishing returns to me and even if i think they did a good job with what they were given it's just not i don't know these big group marvel movies are just not that fun to me anymore so like catch it on rental so you know what's going on but i feel like if you didn't like age of ultron this isn't going to win you over
2: i actually think this makes up for age of ultron but uh that's me I, I i'd be crazy you know Mm-hmm-hmm. um when i when i arrived at the theater they handed us uh polo shirts with two popped collars that were two sizes too small
0: oh, so i'm like snap
2: i'm like super broed for this for this, <laughs> for this review <laughs> did <laughs> right, they give that, you
0: a free membership to equinox also <laughs> right, that, that's what the bros
2: wear, right I, I, don't, I don't really know how all this works <laughs> um but but yeah, I'm gonna give it a must see. I mean, I I thought it was great as far as these like Marvel extra packed films go. I think this one had a lot more of of what I would like to see in these type of films. So I was very very excited for that. Um,
0: we but... literally landed exactly where I'm sure everyone thought we were going to. <laughs> yep, just like the movie and all the characters. <laughs>
2: Um but yeah, uh we are going to close out the episode real fast and then come back with spoilers. So Carson, I'm assuming people cannot find you in a theater rewatching uh, Captain America Civil War.
0: And uh, hell no. No. St-
2: Steven, where can people find you?
1: Uh you can find me maybe in a theater maybe watching Captain America Civil War, apparently cuz that's where I land in these reviews. <laughs> You you you're
2: you're, you're, ha- you're like in the middle of the theater but not in not during the movie playing you're just in there.
1: In yeah, the I'm just standing in in the lobby. Um Lee. standing lee no I'm sorry. You can cut yeah. that out. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you.
2: It sounded um,
0: better in my head, you know.
2: Well, people can see me gushing about uh, the film on on this podcast. I don't know where else I would gush about it. Um, but no, I I mean all that stuff.
0: In the bathroom? I don't know.
2: Uh, it's not that kind of movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but in general, the podcast itself can be found over thespoilwarning.com where you can get a bunch of back episodes of the show. If you want to know when these wonderful episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at the You can uh use the contact form on our site. Or you can call these Lisa Voicemail at 760-575-4TSW at 760-575-4879. Uh, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to uh, this film, Captain America Civil War. So hopefully you're enjoying that. Uh, as we said before, we're going to... You know, music's about to fade up. And uh, when the music fades out, we will be in spoiler territory. So please, um, if you haven't seen the film yet and you're planning to, go see it before listening to that segment because we're going to spoil some things. All right, uh catch you guys in just a moment all right so we are back and we are in spoiler territory this is the full-blown spoiler section of the podcast Um, basically if you're listening now careful because we're going to spoil things about this movie And, uh, yeah, we're in it, guys. So who wants to talk first?
1: Uh, I'll talk. (laughs) Uh, I think this villain's plan is maybe the dumbest villain plan since (laughs) Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor. (laughs) Um, So, like, let's recap what he does. He goes rogue and kills some guy from HYDRA so he can get information, so he can go blow up the UN And frame Bucky for it so he can cause some rift to form between the Avengers. So he can go control Bucky and make him fight a little bit more. So he can get them isolated on this island so they can watch a video of a piece of information he could have (laughs) just told Iron Man at the beginning of the movie. Because the video, I guess, is somehow what just had to happen they just have to be in this little ice island (laughs) in order to have a i don't i don't understand it's one of those kind of crazy plans that only works if everyone does exactly what you want them to and even then there's no reason it's the optimal plan i just don't i thought his character was fine but i don't understand what he was trying to do with all of this
0: yeah there were a lot of steps a lot of things that could have gone wrong to get well, to where they were
2: the so i don't think it's that crazy um i mean essentially it's the exact same plan of of lex luther in batman v superman um the <laughs> yeah. idea the idea is that hey i don't like that there's these godly people on our planet who we literally have no means to kill um i need to figure out a way to to prevent them from existing and there are sort of two he he, he has two pieces to his puzzle one is like hey if i can get these heroes to fight themselves then they can sort of destroy themselves and i don't need to worry about fighting them myself or at the very least you can put them in a situation where they lose power maybe legally or bureaucratically or whatever on the other side, he is aware of these six super soldiers or however many they were supposed to be that were going to be created. And he knew they were just like in the chamber waiting to be released. So it's like he's he's systematically taking out all super beings on the planet, right? But he's doing it by what little tiny means he has available to him. So while, well, you're right, it is one of those things where like every single piece of this puzzle had to work out 100% perfectly. Otherwise... There's no way that any of it would have worked out, but I still feel that it's a compelling enough, complete story once you have all the pieces like like he, from from where he's standing, he is doing his plan is smart from his character's standpoint It's just very difficult to pull off
0: I still think the better plan would have been if he challenged Thor to a Formula One race hashtag I can't stop. <laughs> Thank you, beer all week. I get it. Um, but I, I, get, uh, I get it too. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just like like I said. He, I thought he was pretty. He was pretty boring. Like he just, uh, you know, I just didn't care. Like what was going on. Like mostly, I, I think Civil Bro really really cemented the fact that, like, I really don't like the character of Bucky. Like, he just sucks. Like, I, can Bucky die? Like, can he? Can they kill Bucky off? Like, seriously, he he's just, like, he's, you know, he was Captain America's bro, and then he died, and then he came back, and, like, you know, it's like, Cap, I know you guys were bros once, but, like, you gotta cut this bro loose. Like, he's f***ing up everything, and you still stand by him. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, who cares? And then, like, I guess, you know, like, Anthony Mackey has to follow the bro code and be like, all right, well, if Cap is going along with it, I'll go along with it. And it's just like, ugh, this, it's just like, and then, and, you know, there's all this stuff where he's back and forth. It's like, oh, well, you know, Bucky didn't mean to kill your parents, Tony. Like, he was under the mind control. Like, come <laughs> on. Like, it's just like. Dude, just at the end when they froze him again, I was like, "Can he stay frozen?" Because uh, I don't know. You just want him to let it go. I just want him to let it go. I really do. (laughs) Like, uh, I don't get it. More like, "Fucky," am I right? Like,
1: I'm just. I'm tired of Bucky, man.
0: (laughs) I'm. Uh, I'm tired of Bucky, man. Like, I just don't. I don't get him. He needs to. He, he just needs to be gone. Like I just don't get it. And then like so then the whole reveal, you know, when when uh, Tony's watching the the grainy like security cam footage of of Bucky just killing his parents, like you know. To me, like that was grimmer than anything in Batman vs Superman. Like that was some straight up like sinister shit right there. Like, <laughs> like that was some like brutal shit. And I'm just like, why? Like I this is I don't want to watch this. I don't want to see this, Jonesy. Like yeah, this is and, terrible. And, and neither
2: did Tony want to see this. That's why he went apeshit.
0: I know. I, I still but don't
1: feel like Tony is rational anyway because he knows that yeah, he killed a bunch of people under the influence. He it already doesn't, he already doesn't didn't like feel Bucky. Like it doesn't feel like his character would suddenly be like, all right, I'm going to kill this guy right now because I mean, of this information.
0: I mean, yes, that is obviously uh, a definite nail in the coffin to be like, I'm going to kill this guy. But he was already not on Team Bucky. Like, he was already like, I'm done with you. But but Like, I, 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 Tony I th- was the smart one to be like, I, I'm cutting this bro loose. Like, I don't care.
2: But, but I feel <laughs> like sucks. going into it, he was like... He- he he knew Bucky was a problem, but he didn't have anything against him other than the fact that like the stuff that was going down around around that character. Like Tony has been carrying the death of his parents for since they died, and they're they're like they are establishing some stuff in the scene earlier where he's like giving his like wannabe TED talk where he's given the things to everybody that like he has reg- regretted. Events that happen right before the moment that his his parents passed away. And, like, I feel that there is a strong enough thing to where, like, they've been having this conflict the whole movie. And he's finally reached the point where he's like, no, like, Captain, I realize you were, I was wrong. You are right. I am here to back you now. I will help you guys in what you're trying to do. And then he gets this piece of information. And then on top of getting that piece of information, he finds out that Captain is known the whole time and didn't, like, bother to share that with him. And it sort of becomes like a thing where it's, it's you know, whether it's cliche or not, it's, it's the moment of, like, he went from being the normal unrational that Tony Stark always is to being just like, fuck it, helmet on, I'm going to fuck some people up now.
1: <laughs> but Captain didn't seem to know. He even says, like, I didn't know it was him specifically. I, like, I, the knowledge I... is that he knew it wasn't an accident
2: the the dialogue is weird in that scene i wasn't quite clear how much and how long he's known the information for uh, yeah
0: i i didn't know either i didn't know if that was revealed in like uh one of the other movies i honestly i didn't remember
2: it's just a, it's just a weird scene cuz like he's like did you know and he's like eh, bleh, bleh, and then he's like <laughs> and, and i wasn't i just assumed by tony's reaction that he was admitting that he knew
0: yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's what it was. I, again, like, I don't know if he knew it was actually Bucky, or he just knew it happened. I don't know. It, uh But, I mean, the, the whole thing is, you know, I just, going back, it's like, I don't feel like anyone, like, in all of Winter Soldier, it just felt like they were fighting against Bucky. And so, in this, like, the only reason why there's strife is that, like, I mean, one of the big reasons is that, you know, Cap is looking out for Bucky, he's looking out for his bro, and it's like, if they had just just Bucky, if they had just killed Bucky, (laughs) they wouldn't be in any of this shit. Hey, they tried to kill him
2: once, and he came back as the Winter Soldier, I know, he keeps
0: (laughs) coming back, like, we don't want you, Bucky, like, this character sucks, like, I just don't like him. I'm sorry. Like, something about it. he's just so boring and he's just like, "Oh, I got a metal arm." Like, I don't care. Just <laughs> fucking cut a bro loose. Well, oh. think about think
2: about it this way, Carson. If you can find that uh that Russian notebook and you can just speak speak all the phrases to Bucky, <laughs> you can make him into a good character.
0: I mean, I I just ready
2: like for a soldier's <laughs> orders. <laughs> and you're like, "Can
0: you be a cool guy?"
2: And then he'll be like, "Yes.
1: Execute."
0: I mean, there's just seemingly so much hassle involved with, like, getting Bucky to be on the good guy side that it's just not worth it, man. you just gonna
2: say train car. It's easy. No,
0: it's not <laughs> worth it, man. Black Panther should have been like, hell no, you're not bringing me back, bringing him back to my country. <laughs> Bucky. Bucky. Um, and that's the other thing is that, like, everyone really dug Black Panther, and, like, I really like Chadwick Boseman as an actor, but, like, I... I guess because he just really wasn't in it that much, but, like, I don't know. I didn't really think Black Panther was all that. Like, I'm excited for uh, his solo movie um, because, like I said, he's a good actor in uh, The Cougs. Ryan Coogler is going to be directing it, so it'll probably be pretty good. But um, I just... Him in this movie was like... I mean, he spent most of the time in the suit anyway, and the suit was boring, and he's mostly just jumping around. It's... Probably not even anyone. It's just CG. So I I don't I, know. Like I I didn't I wasn't as stoked on him as I was with with Spider-Man in terms of new character additions. I, I, I kind of I, I liked
2: the existence of the character just because he was sort of a like for the other characters in the film. He was sort of like, who the f- is this guy? Plus, also, he's super badass. What I yeah. didn't didn't what I didn't like about him is I get that his suit's made of vibranium or whatever the f it's called and yeah. it's impervious to bullets. But I feel like if a jet fires like machine gun rounds at you, even if they don't penetrate you because your suit is super awesome, I feel like you still feel the impact of that. Like there's scenes where like the plane or fly or a helicopter or something flies by and like just like uh, peppers them with like a bunch of bullets, and he sort of looks at them and goes, "Bing, bing, 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 bing," and they all bounce off of him. And he's and it, like, I don't, like, I get it a little more when Tony Stark inside of a giant suit takes machine gun bullets that kind of bounce off it because the suit itself is sort of resisting against the bullets in some. I don't. It just makes more sense when it's Iron Man, but like him in the skin tight suit, vibranium or not, I feel like he should still feel the impact of the bullets, but then just shake them off like he's not superman right
0: uh no i mean he's not a he's not a immortal god cr- creature person yeah
2: i i just mean like just because they, they treated him as if he was superman where he could just walk into machine gun fire and be cool
0: i mean you know i i can buy that that's fine i just think that him <laughs> as a character was not really all that because i mean he just didn't didn't have much to do in this like Obviously, you know, and and he's a seemingly, you know, a more serious character. So, like, obviously Spider-Man stands out more because he's, you know, he's all like, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and is loving every minute. Dude, of,
2: you have a metal arm? That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, obviously that's why his impression was felt more. Um, But like I said, I mean, you know, the solo movie probably be pretty cool like at least that at least that is seemingly different at least that you know there's there's something a little different there where it's like okay what what's this what's this country that black panther is all about you know it seemingly has like a an interesting angle to it instead of just you know oh hey bro we're in lagos or wherever we're in berlin here at uh the boring evacuated airport which i thought was funny it was, it was funny like how batman vs superman and this both have off-camera lines where they're just like well good thing the uh you know it's uh after work so all the citizens left uh the downtown area so they can blow it to shit and then in this it was like it was like well good thing they evacuated the airport and it, you know they, all, they get
2: there in all fairness There was an intercom that was like,
0: blah, 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 blah.
2: And then somebody was like, oh, they're evacuating the airport. Like somebody translated a message that there was an evacuation underway.
0: No, I know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't have a problem with the way it was presented. I'm just saying that both movies have that where they, they deliberately put in those lines because they both are dealing with superheroes and the collateral damage of superheroes, but it's a it's a tentpole summer movie so it's like we got to blow shit up and destroy shit so how do we get around this yeah. you know when when it, when in reality I, I mean for me personally i guess is i would rather just see you know the man of steel ending where they're just fighting and it's just like who cares because it's a comic book you know but you know everybody got everybody got to be pissed and be like, well, all the people died. Like, I don't know. I feel like in in this movie, it was very much like, okay, well, we're we're dealing with superheroes, and we're we're addressing their collateral damage head on. So, like, that line made sense. Of like, we have to come up with a line, you know, in order for them to fight this big airport. Like in Batman vs. Superman, that line where they they added it in almost felt like a big finger to the to the haters, the Man of Steel haters, because you know they ended up just blowing up everything anyway so i mean i don't know that that almost felt like a like a like an f u like a oh well the, hey that island they're fighting on is uninhabited and pretty much everyone went home but like the the giant explosion rays that are coming out of doomsday monster are like so gi- you know like it just felt like there were somebody died i don't know homeless guy who knows <laughs> I, I, it just—it it was just funny how they both—they both had those little uh, moments where it was like we gotta, you know, make sure that this is an, uno- you know, everyone's evacuated. Anyway.
2: All right. Well, uh, next random subject that I would like to hit real fast is both of you sort of mentioned Scarlet Witch being shitty, and Witch? I, huh? Oh shut up! (laughs) Um, But I actually really—I thought they did a badass job (laughs) with her. Like I actually really liked her in this film. Like it's the first time that she actually got to use powers in a meaningful way, besides just being another character who doesn't like where the city they're in being destroyed. Like she had some awesome moments, like when she when she takes out Vision um, earlier on in the movie. uh, Like I don't know it, it. I interpreted she's using like the gem in his forehead to make him super dense, so he literally falls through the floor. Is that your guys' interpretation of what was happening there? I didn't really
1: interpret it. I I
0: (laughs) I didn't either.
2: Well, anyways, like I I think that that moment's awesome. I think I think she has some great like like combat moments, and I think for the first time, I like really get to see that she is a super powerful. Enhanced person, whatever we're calling them, um, and that she's yeah, so that's, actually—that's
0: the—that's the that's a PC term. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's great. Enhanced, enhanced person. Um, right. But like, I, 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 think that the character is really interesting. One other thing that I was a little bit confused again, once again, going to Scarlet Witch and Vision is: Are we supposed to believe that she is the one who distracted Vision when he was trying to shoot down, uh, what, whatever Anthony Mackey's character is called? Because like. I... Uh, f- the Falcon yeah Falcon like because she, she misses the Fal or he he misses the Falcon, hits Rhodes, he t- tumbles down to earth and you know and gets all paralyzed and stuff, but at the end of the film, like when vision is like apologizing to Tony Stark, he says something like, "Oh, I was distracted or something, and Tony Stark says, "I thought you didn't get distracted, and his response is like, neither did I or something like that, and I was just wondering if that was supposed to be the gem itself distracting him because it's all leading towards the future bullshit that we're going to see, or if it was supposed to be her in that moment because they were sort of facing off against each other um, around that time in the fight. Did she manipulate his targeting or something and cause him to shoot down?
1: I, I, I didn't get the sense of that. I just saw if for some reason it is important, I guess, that he is fallible. And I don't know why, but that's well, the I, only thing I read from it. Okay, oh, yeah.
0: I I I very clearly thought it was she was the one who who distracted him because I mean I feel like they they set up that with her you know pushing him through the the floor and shit in the beginning.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like that that was set up there. There was also the conversation where he's he's trying to like sort of bond with her, stating that like people fear her powers, and he was trying to like to make it analogous to the gem. And he's like, I don't understand the gem. I know it's a part of me and I can use its power. But sometimes I wonder if its power is using me or whatever his line is. So,
0: I mean, I, I thought that was totally clear because she's on, she's on team cap and she was trying to protect Anthony Mackie. Yeah. She who's also on, you know, team cap. So she was trying to protect her teammate. It's, it's just I, weird I, I, that it wouldn't know.
2: expressly state it. Like, the fact that I thought it was
0: pretty expressly stated. I don't know, like I, well, I, 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 I mean, because there was a shot. Every, but in every other a shot, shot
2: where, a character would like look at the power that I have now affecting the scene. This was like just she was not seen during his like moment.
0: I mean, I thought there, I thought there was a shot where she like zapped him and like he changed course. No, because he's, he's little
2: zooming in. He's like looking at his back for some reason and then just turns away. It's, Dude, it's, I'm
0: I'm like almost positive there was a shot where she like knocked him off court, like, blew, did her little, you know, z- zappy powers and <laughs> and knocked him off course.
2: I guess, I guess you'll have to go back and see it
0: again. Yeah, course. I didn't, oh, I didn't notice the zappy powers. I mean, that would be that would make sense as to why it happened. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they would just figure that you were, you know, that the audience would be like, okay, well, that's why we set up this thing in the beginning. But I mean I, I mean, overall, I didn't have a problem with Scarlet Witch as a character. Like I just think that I had a problem with her accent being super wonky. Um that was really my only complaint is that I just thought it was funny how her accent kept coming and going. Yeah. When it was like in full on <laughs> accent in uh in Avengers 2. But here it was just kind of like oh eh, well if I feel like it I'll bust it out.
2: when she's using her energy, it actually is the accent that she channels into those red orbs. I guess. So if she's fighting, she can't actually talk with the accent.
0: Yeah. And there was, there was one line that I laughed really hard at and it wasn't even supposed to be funny. It's just funny to me because, you know, this movie is so bro and we're, you know, I'm always joking about it's bro, but like there's that, there's that scene where, Cap and the Falcon are in like a, a bar or restaurant, and then uh Emily Van Camp's character comes up and she's holding a folder and she's just like, it's right after the the bombing at the UN. Yeah. And they think, you know, that that Bucky was behind it. And she's holding like a folder full of fing pictures or whatever. And yeah. she's like, everyone, she's like, everyone thinks they saw the winter soldier at their gym but I got the real scoop or whatever. She <laughs> shoves the folder over with all the pictures. I was like, <laughs> I'm just imagining all these bros at the gym going like, oh shit, man. I totally saw the Winter Soldier during my CrossFit class, man. Like, fucking I, I, put I think- that shit on the gram, man. I told like all these bros calling each other up like, oh man, did you see the winner? I saw him too. Like, in Winter Soldier was at my gym, bro. Like, <laughs> Everyone's gonna come here. I, yeah. so that gave me a good laugh.
1: I, I didn't <laughs> find that funny. So. I, I like <laughs> I, I like your reading of it. <laughs> um, I
0: mean,
2: uh, yeah. Anyways, there's only one last scene that I want to talk about, and it's one that I was kind of alluding to earlier in the film. Where like I feel like stakes are are, are there. This is like my favorite moment of this friggin' movie is. At the end, when they're having like the big fight between, you know, it's it's the one at the end of the trailer for this film where Tony is facing off against, you know, both bros, uh, and he's he's trying to take them both on, and like shit is getting real. Winter Soldier is had his arm blown off already. Uh, Captain and Tony <laughs> are yeah, just going going at it, and <laughs> <laughs> why are you laughing already?
0: All of this is so sexual. This is <laughs> okay. two bro two bros, one cup. Yeah. One, one shield.
2: One, two bros, one cap. One um, cap, yeah. But uh, it's the moment where, like, basically, uh, Captain America rips off Tony's helmet, and he grabs the shield, <laughs> and he's like, he, he brings it up, like he's basically... Stephen kind
0: of, is furiously typing, googling two, two bros, one cup." <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: but like, like, in that moment where Captain is basically about to shield bash tony and which, which would kill him and tony's reaction to like i don't know i, I just, the way the camera is seeing tony's reaction of like holy shit i'm about i'm about to die and like he puts mm. up his hands and he's not even trying to to like he's doing like the when you watch like a ufc fighter who's like on the ground and he knows he's lost and he's sort of just trying to to not die yeah totally bro <laughs> it, it, I'm, I'm just going to the more bro speak um <laughs> but uh basically i don't know there's something about that moment where it's like the stakes reach peak stakes and like Tony thinks that like, oh shit, like I'm about to die right now. Captain is gonna kill me. And then instead he you know you know he drives it into the center of the suit right on top of the arc reactor and sort of just completely disables him. And like that moment where like Tony kind of just like falls back and goes like Holy shit. Like like that that's where he really realizes what they've all been through in, in that time together and how drastic their fighting had actually become. And I don't know that, that moment for me, like is super earned. Like I, we've been talking about the trailer for the film and how even every time in the trailer, when he's like, he was my friend, Tony, <laughs> and he's like, so was I like, even in the trailer, that moment got me. But like this moment, something about that scene, it's just like super impactful to me. Yeah.
0: That was very un-American of Captain America. To do that,
2: you guys really felt nothing there. I've
0: I literally had no emotional reaction to this, other than if if there was any emotional reaction, it was because it was I was bored to tears. <laughs> I was bored to tears, not a genuine like emotional. I've, I'm feeling I'm feeling the bro, you know, hate tears. Like that was none of that. Like I just, I mean, because there there like uh, a lot of people were saying how like ah oh, cried during this movie, and I was like. I don't, I don't see that at all. Like, like you know, for real. Like, not crying because of boredom. Like, I, I don't get that. Like, I, I didn't get that at all.
2: Steve, Steven you're, you're the only other person on this podcast that has a heart. Did you, did you feel anything in that
1: scene? I did not feel anything. <laughs> oh damn you, damn you, Stephen. It's just maybe if if Bucky
0: died, then I would be relieved. I'd be like, oh, thank thank christ thank bucky's done
2: uh, well i guess i'll just chalk it up to hashtag new chris <laughs>
0: i guess
2: <laughs> but anyways I, i'm all tapped out for everything that i wanted to mention in spoilers so yeah me too
0: bucky should be gone and hydra are we done with hydra because like they should be gone too
2: <laughs> isn't hydra mostly gone
0: I thought so. I thought I like so. I everybody who's
2: left, like, I, I feel like Head, Hydra literally has had all the heads cut off. And it's just people who, like, it's, it's basically the, it's the Green Room equivalent. It's like, it's like these guys who are like, no, we're cool, Nazi bros.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was literally just going to say the only members of Hydra left are just somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> like... <laughs> Capturing punk bands. Yeah,
2: they just have their own (laughs) underground rock shows and they're just like, no, dude, this is what we do. This is what we do. We're in Hydra. We play this band. They're all (laughs) they're all off shield.
0: (laughs) They're all off the grid. Yeah.
2: Uh all right. Well, thank you guys for joining me on this episode. Yep. And uh thank you guys all for listening. Uh the spoiler warning will return.
0: Nailed it, you guys.